Welcome to Simple Pleasures, a podcast about finding the joy in the everyday. Each month, I'll be sharing the little things that make me feel good, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. Let's make our everydays the most joyful of all. Hi, it's Carrie, and welcome to the last episode of season two. First up, I am so proud of the community we've grown here and appreciate every single one of you for listening. Season two has been so much fun to create. From talking about loneliness, grief and estrangement to the joys of reading, autumn and getting older. Hang tight for season three, which will be out in February. I'm excited to keep growing the podcast, so if you've got any suggestions of things you'd like me to talk about or topics to cover, then please do reach out on social. I love hearing from you, so if you don't already, then make sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at It's The Simple Pleasures. And if there's any episodes you've missed, then why not catch up over the coming weeks? I'm going to start this episode with a plea to not hate me for talking about the C word in November. But this episode is all about Christmas and specifically some tips about what I've learned in navigating this as an estranged person. Before you hit pause, wait. I am a firm believer that a little planning can go a long way in helping you prioritise your well-being as we head into December. A month which brings a lot of joy, laughter and celebrations, but also potential stress, packed diaries and a whole host of other emotions too. So pop that kettle on, maybe even get yourself a festive treat and let's dive into how to feel good in December. Let me take you back to December 2016. The bitter Brighton wind lapping around your ears. You pull your scarf up to your nose and take long, hurried strides. Wet cobbled stones reflect sparkling Christmas lights back to you. Flashes of golden white, red and green shine out amongst the grey. You haven't felt yourself for the past few weeks. Your body feels simultaneously jelly and stone. You are heavy with the weight of Christmas. It lingers in the city, the air sweeping past you filled with sugar and laughter. Not far to go now. You duck and weave in between the throngs of shoppers, shopping bags full to the brim. You cross the road to avoid the carol singers and instinctively pull your scarf in closer, wrapping yourself in care adding one extra soft layer between yourself and the world. You push the heavy doors open and you're in. Heaters pump out hot, stuffy air as you start to de-layer and make your way upstairs. The M&S Cafe, a place of instant comfort. The cafe you go to when you don't want to be anywhere remotely cool. It doesn't matter here that your eyes are puffy or that they keep filling with tears. Between the shortbread and the teapots balanced on your own little tray, you can just be. You sit in silence, letting the chatter around you settle on your skin like a blanket. 
You hear someone agonise over what to buy so-and-so and watch someone else check off presents on a handwritten list, making a tiny dot next to presents that still need to be bought. You are here in body, but your heart is elsewhere. 135 miles away on the Dorset coastline. Christmas shopping with someone you haven't spoken to in 170 days. Imagining if your mum has put up the tree yet, or hung the handmade decorations you've made over the years. If she too is sitting in an M&S cafe, feeling completely heartbroken. This year, it all feels too much. Later, as you are pulled towards the Christmas hall, like a compass dragging its magnet north, all the oceans in you swell. The very smell of Christmas, the pungency of oranges and cloves, cinnamon and warmth swamp your body until you are submerged so deeply and quickly that strangers offer you tissues and pick you up off the supermarket floor. That was my first December as an estranged person. To this day, the lead up to that Christmas is the worst I have ever felt. Thinking back to it causes a physical pain to ripple through my body, a rush of anxiety and despair, before I remember that it's over. Ironically, after the onslaught of festivity in the lead up, the actual day itself felt so much easier than I thought it would. Mainly because I listened to my therapist when she encouraged me to plan it and make small changes that made it feel more manageable. Which I didn't want to do at the time, but is something I now do every November, in the hope to make my December feel as good as possible. So for this episode, I thought I'd share a couple of things I've learnt along the way with you. Because even if you're not estranged, that doesn't mean Christmas is always easy. From having to spend prolonged time at home and with relatives perhaps you have a difficult relationship with, to the pressure to enjoy it and the potential burnout of filling up every day in your calendar with some sort of social event, to the often unspoken loneliness that the festive period can bring, whether you're single or partnered or something in between. And this isn't to say there aren't elements of Christmas you enjoy. Nowadays, I really love this time of year and cherish the uninterrupted time I get to spend with my chosen family. But that doesn't mean I don't also find parts of it difficult. Like so many things, your feelings towards Christmas don't have to be binary. So if you're feeling a little uneasy about what's to come or simply want to go into December more mindfully, keep listening. Here's five tips to help it feel the best it can for you. One, make plans loose enough to live in. I'm sure it's not just me who sometimes struggles to find a free weekend. And in December, it's easy for that to creep into the weekdays too. Some people thrive off a busy social calendar But for me, I find if there are too many plans booked in and I don't know when my next free evening is, then I can start to feel really overwhelmed. 
which is where making plans loose enough to live in comes in. My general rule of thumb, and again, this can flex and change as I need it to, is that I make one big plan at the weekend and one to two during the week, leaving the rest of the days free. Why? Because after many years, I've come to understand that this is what works for me and gives me time to be social with enough time to recharge and look after myself in between. I love having plans that I look forward to, but too many and I start to dread them. By streamlining what I commit to and giving myself enough chill time, it means I can really be present and enjoy the plans I've made. I find down days important all year round, but particularly in the lead up to Christmas, where I might need a bit more TLC than usual. Being generous with the free time I give myself allows me to be responsive to what I need as the week unfolds. Some weeks that might look like booking in an extra workout class or therapy session or making time to call a friend. Other weeks, it might be the time and space to do absolutely nothing. Binge watching my favourite reality TV shows whilst curled up in a blanket with my ultimate comfort food. Giving myself enough downtime and not filling my calendar up with all sorts of social activities means I can really enjoy the plans I do have, whilst also being proactive in taking care of myself, rather than having to take time out later in the month after wearing myself down. Having said all of this, another joy in leaving space in my week is that it gives me more opportunities to be spontaneous, which is another element of my day-to-day that I cherish. Last-minute shopping trip with a pal? a gym class I want to give a go, a cinema date with a friend. Suddenly, there's time and energy to do these things without the overwhelm of it being inked in my diary for weeks in advance. Which leads seamlessly to my next point. Two, rework your routine. I love having a routine. It helps me feel grounded and make sure I'm reaching the holy trinity of rest, play and movement. But it doesn't matter how well you plan it. Sometimes you need to rework your routine. And that's never more true than in the lead up to Christmas. I usually use my Friday afternoons to look forward to the week ahead. I make a note of social plans, volunteering and days I'll be in the office and start to build my routine from there. And for me, it's all about flexibility. I know I'll get to the gym three to four days a week, but which days depend on what else is happening? I've tried it before where I stick to four days rigidly, but all I found was that I started to resent having to work out after a jam-packed day, and did it so unenthusiastically, it probably wasn't even worth doing. In the same way I like to make plans loose enough to live in, I want my life to feel loose enough to live in too, minimising as much stress as I can. Alongside my workouts now feeling easier to fit in, I also enjoy them more because they're slightly different each week. I'm lucky that my gym offers loads of different classes for me to dip in and out of. 
But even if you do your workouts at home, perhaps you could think of ways to mix things up to keep it interesting. Exercise doesn't have to be a chore. From cycling into town to meet a friend, to going on a long walk and listening to a voice note or your favourite podcast, or swimming at the end of a long day. It all counts. And if you're going to commit time to it, then for me, it's got to be overall enjoyable to do. So whilst I try to stick to as much of my exercise routine as I can in December, I know it's okay if I need to miss a few days here and there. Planning ahead and being realistic about what I can and can't do helps me manage any guilt or discomfort about adapting my routine. Same goes for social plans. It's okay if you need to reschedule, take a rain check or simply cancel plans that don't work for you or where you'll turn up frazzled, out of sorts and not the best company. There's so much pressure around December to see everyone before Christmas. But in reality, most people are still going to be available in the new year. So why not push a few get-togethers back to January? And in doing so, carve out a little bit of free time for yourself. Reduce your stress levels and give yourself something to look forward to, especially if you find this time of year particularly tricky. You don't have to do it all. And you definitely don't have to do it all in December. Three, find a joy in blending new traditions with old ones. When I first became estranged, I threw out the rule book when it came to Christmas. I didn't want to engage in any activity that reminded me of what it used to look and feel like for me. My Christmases were pretty traditional, centred around family, food and going back home. But suddenly, there was a huge space between what it used to be and what it was now. In those early years, what I found really helpful was finding a way to embrace some of my old Christmas traditions to help me feel grounded and connected to my biological family, whilst being open to make new traditions where I was. Adding in new traditions and ways to enjoy the festive season has been a real journey and not one that's always come easily. I was and still am so lucky that at Christmas I tend to get offers from friends and chosen family about being part of their Christmases and I want to take a moment to appreciate that this isn't the reality for everyone. I've naturally adopted my chosen family's traditions as my own over the years. Like a big dog walk between breakfast and lunch on Christmas Day or waiting until the evening to open presents. But I've also added my own in the lead up too. Like time to reflect the weeks before and spend time thinking of my own family and the happy memories I hold close. Lighting candles for those I've lost along the way and finding new ways to connect to my community, like going to carol services or light switch-ons and volunteering my time to help those who might need a little extra support around Christmas. The joy of having to start again was that I could decide exactly what I wanted my December and Christmas to look and feel like. For me now, it's all about balance. 
about embracing it enough to feel connected to my history, alongside simply having fun with friends and finding the simple pleasures that go with this time of year, but without any pressure or stress for it to look or feel a certain way. Which leads me to number four. Four, take the pressure off. Something those early years taught me was that the pressure around Christmas is so enormous that when the day eventually arrives, it very rarely lives up to those big expectations, exaggerated by society. Instead, what you're left with, if you're lucky, is a really nice day, with people you love, good food and laughter. Maybe you get a couple of presents you really like, or get to watch one of your all-time favourite films. There are natural moments of quiet in the day, like when you're peeling potatoes or cutting up sprouts or cozying up in front of the telly halfway through the day whilst you're waiting for lunch to be ready. And to let you in on a secret, those moments are my favourite. The conversation with my adopted mum over food prep, laughing on a dog walk with my oldest friend, my first cup of tea in the morning whilst the house is still quiet and I can hear presents being wrapped upstairs. Christmas is so often not about the big moments. At its core, it's a day of simple pleasures. And if I take the pressure off it to be spectacular, there's space for it to be simply a really great day, doing things you love with people you love. And that's spectacular in its own way too. So as the festive season gets going... Perhaps spend some time thinking about what you'd like it to feel like if there was no pressure or expectations. Perhaps that means starting your day at home to soak up the calm before heading over to your siblings, parents or friends' house. Or maybe you want to set expectations about present giving this year to take the pressure off yourself financially. Or maybe it's about carving out some time during the day to check in with yourself or reincorporating an old tradition to remind you of a relative or friend. Just because you've always experienced Christmas in one way doesn't mean you can't change the rule book slightly this year to make it feel better for you. Which I know is so much easier said than done. But in my experience, making the small changes you can make, managing your expectations and taking the pressure off means you can enjoy the day for exactly what it has the potential to be. A really great day. Five. You can still be sad at Christmas. And if all of this feels too much this year, and trust me, I've had years like that too, this is your permission slip that you don't have to do anything for it either. It can just be a normal day. For lots of people who don't celebrate Christmas, it is in fact a normal day. So even though it might feel like it, you won't be alone if you decide that this year, it's just not for you. When I was being picked up off the floor at the M&S Christmas Hall back in 2016, I felt this overwhelming pressure to feel happy again by Christmas. Like on Christmas Day, I should wake up and because it's Christmas, not be sad. But the reality was, I was still sad. 
Of course, nothing monumental had changed just because it was December 25th. And for lots of people around the world, Christmas still holds difficulties, struggles and pain. My Christmas that year started with me waking up somewhere I'd never woken up before on Christmas Day, with sounds I wasn't used to and traditions I wasn't familiar with yet. And there was sadness and grief and heartbreak. But there was blossoming joy, comfort and love too. There was space for all those feelings to coexist together. It didn't have to be the happiest day of my life. But by allowing space for my grief to be there, it didn't have to be the worst either. That year, I remember feeling so anxious about how I'd feel on the day, only to be surprised that I ended up really enjoying it. Over the next seven Christmases, I've turned up in different states of being, grieving, lost, lonely, excited and content. The list goes on. But one thing has remained the same. I allow myself to feel exactly as I feel. The sadness is welcome to come along with me, just like any other day. And I found by taking the pressure off myself to feel good, I can just be. And that makes me feel good in a different way. Because I feel like I'm still me. Me on December 25th. Which when looked at pragmatically is just like any other day, just maybe with better food. I hope this episode has given you some inspiration to make December feel good for you this year, whatever that looks like. Whether you're feeling good about it, a little uneasy, overwhelmed or anything in between. And if it all still feels too much, then I invite you to spend some time over the last week of November to think about what small changes you could make to help it feel a little better. It might be something as small as doing some meal prep, so you've got a couple of dinners in the freezer for when your time feels more limited. Or changing your goals this month to suit your schedule, from workouts to career progression. Perhaps you'd find reviewing your social plans helpful to better understand what downtime you have and making changes where you need to. Personally, I find carving out a little time for reflection in December helps me keep that end-of-year melancholy at bay. I do this by spending a couple of evenings thinking about what this year has felt like for me and maybe identifying some small changes I'd like to make in the year to come. Whatever will help you go into December feeling the best you can, this is your reminder to make time for it. And it would be remiss of me not to say this as we head into the onslaught of New Year, New You messaging. You don't have to change everything in January. In fact, you don't have to change anything in January. Like December 25th is just another day, January is just another month like any other. It's good to have goals, of course, but don't feel like you have to overhaul everything in the new year. Your life is good enough as it is, as are you. So whatever your December looks like, I hope you can find a way to make it feel as good as possible. And it's one filled with peace and contentment. 
As I mentioned, I'll be back in February with a brand new season. And until then, you can still catch up with any episodes from season one or two, wherever you get your podcasts. So until then, I hope the last weeks of 2023 and the first of 2024 are filled with simple pleasures. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more simple pleasures before the next episode, then you can find me on Instagram at It's The Simple Pleasures, where I share my day-to-day, everyday joys, from hot, buttery toast to having a chat in the supermarket. Hope to see you there. Until next time.